Welcome to A Higher Branch, a source of practical and powerful information for busy people dedicated to boosting their personal health and professional performance. I'm your host, Sam McCall. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of A Higher Branch, where we continue the series on the 456 system for living, made up of four daily rituals, five habits, and six life hacks. Now, we have already covered the four daily rituals, the five habits, and we have covered four of six life hacks. And today, we're going to cover the fifth life hack. And this life hack is often one that is overlooked, but it is so essential to your success, to your health, and to your emotional happiness. Now, I'm talking specifically about the art of socializing and communicating. Yes, socializing is a life hack and communication is the key to socializing. And your ability to connect with others on a meaningful level has a deep impact, very deep impact on not just your physical, but also your mental and your emotional well-being. So in this episode, I'm going to share with you the benefits of socializing, the obstacles we need to overcome, and most importantly, I'm going to take you through a step-by-step guide or tips to becoming a great social communicator. And not quite a social butterfly, but I will promise you by the end of this episode, you will be a lot better at socializing. Now, first, I want to make the point that this life hack is not just aimed at the introverts that are out there who have a default propensity for avoiding social interactions. It is also for extroverts who crave social connection but choose not to do so because of fear of, say, looking stupid or fear of rejection or fear of failing at something. It is often people who are extroverts suffer the most when they don't infuse this life hack into their life. Now, I want to also remind all our listeners, especially the ones who are new to our community, that this life hack is in that series that I mentioned, the four rituals, five habits, and the four previous life hacks. But I have covered all these episodes in a particular sequence because they all compound and one builds on the next. And for example, with the six life hacks for people who have been on the journey, you'll notice the first three life hacks focuses on the physical We talked about the morning five detox, we went through sleep hacks, and we went through eating hacks. But then last week, we covered the fourth hack, and that was about creative visualization, and that covered the mental and emotional. So today, we continue on the mental and emotional by focusing on socializing as a life hack, as an art. There is an art to socializing, and that's why... It is a life hack because a hack is effectively something that accelerates our performance. It gives us that competitive edge. It boosts our energy, makes us more likable, attracts good things and good people into our lives. Anything that really accelerates our performance is a hack. And, you know, socializing effectively does that. You know, I remember many years ago when I started my legal career, I wrote down this formula 
I, I was very good at mathematics at school. So I wrote formulas to performance. And one of the formulas that I wrote, and it sounds overly simplistic now, but you have to remember this is 1995, right? I called it the three E's. Energy plus enthusiasm plus expression equals success. And I used to teach my team that. Even very early in my career, I had a small team and I would tell them, you need to work on your energy, number one. Then you need to work on your enthusiasm by being passionate about what you do. But lastly, most importantly, if you have energy and enthusiasm, but you don't express it, then no one is going to witness your brilliance. And it was the third element to what I call having a successful career. But back then when I wrote it, I didn't realize that really this is a successful formula for life, not just to your career. And, you know, back then I applied it to my career because I said, well, you know, if my boss did not know, if I did not express my ideas, then my energy and my enthusiasm is useless. It's just bottled up. And what a waste, right? (laughs) So you cannot and should not keep your brilliance to yourself. The world needs to know who you are, what you think, and how you want to contribute. And it's the art of socializing that helps us do that. And to leave your mark, you need to express what is in your heart. So let's kick it off really by first convincing you of the benefits of socializing. Because I know a lot of introverts out there, and chances are 50% of our listeners are introverts, you know, also have a skeptical lens, which is so useful. In my team, I have very good balance of extroverts and introverts because you need the two, right? You need the dreamers and you need the realists. Now, but realists need to be convinced about the benefits of something. And so I want to put my lawyer hat on and just take you through a number of the benefits that I've not just read about, but I've experienced myself and also in the people that I've coached, my team. And it's important for us to remind ourselves of those benefits. And as always, I use the eight areas of life as the guide, as the framework to present any of my information to you. So I want to take you through the benefits of socializing to the eight areas of life. Now, for those of you new to our community, head over to our website, ahigherbranch.com. And on the homepage, scroll down to the middle and you'll see a diagram there of one of our frameworks. We have two frameworks. One is the what we need to focus on in life and two, how to climb higher. So the first framework is the eight areas of life. The second is the five-step circle of conscious living, which you will not find on our website because that is a framework that really needs to be explained in workshops and one-on-one coaching for it really to make sense but it's also the the magic ingredients to climb higher in life but look let's go through now the benefits okay of socializing number one when it comes to our health and our fundamental human need for energy now the research overwhelmingly shows overwhelmingly and I gathered this from when I attended a longevity conference in Sardinia back in 2017, where there's lots of speakers about all the life hacks that make you live longer and look younger. And the one that stood out the most was that people who live longest are ones that have the most social connections. (laughs) And that's because that social isolation is actually worse for us than smoking, than high cholesterol, high blood pressure even obesity, 
right? Social isolation really hurts us at the mental and emotional level first. And the science shows that that sends a message to our cells to die because it mimics the banishment of the tribe, if you like, we experienced, you know, hundreds of thousands of years ago. You know, being banished from the tribe, social isolation meant death for us because as a tribe, we thrived because people hunted, people gathered, people cooked, people cleaned, and together we functioned as a society. Now, we're a lot more complex than that, but that primal conditioning, that program is still in our genetics. So the honest truth is that people who socialize more and are great communicators will live longer. And this is true even after accounting for your overall level of health, right? Number two when it comes to how it impacts our health is that social engagement is associated with a stronger immune system. Now, this is especially as you get older and older. Now, this means that you're able to fight you know, off colds, the flu, COVID-19, and even some types of cancer. So, and it's ironic that, and a whole topic altogether, that the social isolation from the lockdowns reduced a lot of people's immune system and made them more susceptible to the COVID-19 uh, virus. Now, luckily, we lived in an era where you know, we had social connection through social media, but unfortunately, and something that I'll talk about later, one of the rules of social connection and communication is to make your connection positive, not negative. And unfortunately, a lot of people use social media platforms to spread the negative, you know, talking about politics or talking about the fears of COVID-19 or the fears of the vaccine. So anyway, when it comes to health, socializing and Good communication is imperative to our immune system. Thirdly, it's important to our mental health. Interacting with others boosts feelings of well-being and decreases feelings of anxiety and depression. And research has shown that one sure way of improving your mood is to work on building social connections. I mean, this is not new. Our ancient you know, ancestors knew that and they socialized, but now the science supports it. And so much so that research also shows that social interaction reduces your pain and increases your pain threshold. Now, more recently, there's also been accumulating evidence that socializing is good for your brain health and your cognitive performance. So people who connect with others generally perform better on tests of memory and other cognitive skills. And in the long run, people with active social lives are less likely to develop dementia and Alzheimer's than those who are more socially isolated. And um, that is becoming a problem. Early onset dementia and Alzheimer's is you know, happening to people in their late 40s and 50s. And a lot of research shows that that is in most part due to social isolation. So it's ironic that in a world where we are more connected digitally, we are more socially uh, isolated physically and we need to return to that analog world and I'm going to go through that now I touched on this earlier but I want to answer the question what stops us from socializing it's important to call out the elephant in the room and it's this it's fear of making a fool of ourselves that's essentially the top one the the second one is a fear of rejection thirdly fear of failure 
And fourthly, and one that a lot of people don't talk about when it comes to articles about this subject, is that we just don't feel like it because our energy is down. So that's why this series of life hacks is presented to you in that order because I covered the first three physical life hacks to boost your energy levels. Why? Because I want it to be easier for you to infuse this fifth life hack of better socializing because you need energy to socialize. You need energy to be enthusiastic. And if you're enthusiastic, you're going to be a better communicator. You're going to be better at socializing. So please, if, if you are new to this series, go back and listen to all the uh, episodes. I know that is a lot of listening and it kicked off with episode 99 uh, where I set the context for this life system in a um, podcast called Is Reliance on Motivation Ruining Your Life? And I made the case that it's life systems that distinguishes people that are successful in life and those of us who struggle and often those who struggle are the ones that rely on motivation. And motivation is fleeting. It comes and goes. It's good to start something, but it's not good to stick with it. So this life system is really super important for you to make change in your life and to achieve your life goals quicker. And as I said, it's a lot of listening, but how many hours and days and months and and years did you spend at university and at school studying things, all things external, but it's about time you also devote just as much of your attention and energy bandwidth on studying the internal. And this system that I've shared with you is lifted directly from the workshops that we've held over the last few years and the ones in my one-on-one coaching. So it is a system that I share with you with the utmost of love and respect for your time and um, your energy in listening to my podcast. So please um, make the time to go back and listen to those podcast episodes starting with 99. But let's return to what stops us from socializing. So the operative word was fear. But I want to remind you, if you let these fears hold you back, you will stagnate in life and you will live what I call a nothing life where you are neither happy nor sad. You're stuck somewhere in the middle where you are just living a nothing life a numb life, not going outside your comfort zone, not climbing higher in the eight areas of life, not developing, not growing. Now, I can tell you, if I let those fears hold me back, you know, the fear of appearing, you know, to make a fool of myself or fear of rejection or fear of failure, I promise you, I would not have any of those things that I built up in the eight areas of life. I would not be as fit and healthy. I would not be married I would not have kids, I would not have a business, I would not have clients, I would not have a team that work with me and believe in the mission, I would not have friends that want to hang out with me. So, you know, in my book, A Higher Branch, I talk about courage and I use the metaphor of the turtle having courage and sticking your neck out. You know, most people think of, you know, eagles and lions when it comes to courage, but really it is the turtle (laughs) that has the most courage because when it goes inside its shell it is impenetrable to predators it's virtually one of the hardest you know shells to crack on this amazing planet but the turtle cannot move forward and go from land to sea 
and the sea is its element where it just flies through the ocean, right? It cannot make it to the sea unless it sticks its neck out. And that's a beautiful metaphor for us as humans. We need to stick our neck out to make progress in life. So we need to overcome these fears. And when it comes to socializing as a life hack and communication as an essential quality, we need to stick our neck out. We need to make a fool of ourselves sometimes. So this life hack is super important to help you craft the life you want, where you feel the, the, the life that you want to be in love with, where you feel wanted and loved by others in the eight areas of life. So I want to take you through a number of tips. And I want to start off by talking to you about the first step. And this is, uh, again, an element that a lot of motivational gurus that I've heard out there just ignore or dismiss because, you know, it is so subjective and it's one that people just don't want to talk about. And it is this. The first step to being a great communicator and to socializing is to feel confident in yourself. And to feel confident in yourself, you need to look and feel your best. And feeling your best, yes, is about exercising. It's about eating well. You know, all those things that I've talked about in previous podcasts. But I'm focusing on here your presentation. You need to visit a beautician. You need to visit your hairdresser regularly. Yes, you need to exercise for that glow. But go get manicures. Go get pedicures. Invest in a great wardrobe. When you look and feel your best, the art of socializing is a lot easier to implement. And the tips I'll be sharing with you will be a lot easier for you to implement in your day-to-day interactions. So, you know, I want to call that out, first of all, and don't feel guilty to invest in your presentation, in your wardrobe, because we live in a world where we are judged on first appearances. Okay, now, before I go into the 12 tips on how to socialize and better communicate, I want to cover, well, where and who do we socialize with? Because we need to direct that hack or those new skills of socializing and expression and communication. Because for me, everything goes back to the eight areas of life. So if we cover that, if we go to that framework, and I go through it in this order. Number one is the tree of love. And that is your partner, right? Your, your life partner. And if you are single, it's also your potential partners, right? It's, you know, going up to that stranger at the bar or the new person at work or the person at the cafe and using these skills that I'm going to share with you about socializing. But say, number one, you need to focus on your love life. So that's one area. Second, your family, your tree of family. And if you have children, the best way to socialize is, of course, by meeting other parents at the schools of your children. I've met uh, most of my friends come from people and parents that we have met at school. The next area of your life is a tree of work. So you need to apply your skills for socializing and expression with your work colleagues, with your clients, with your suppliers. And as I said up front, this will help you become more successful. At work, one of the most essential skills that I've developed is presentation skills. And for it to be effective and not robotic, that requires the art of socializing and communicating. The next area of life is a tree of friendship. 
Now, our friends come from our you know, learning years at university, at school, and our working years. And as I said, from other parents we meet at the schools if we have children. But you know, things like with my friends, I have card nights, cooking, there's sport, there's cycling, there's jogging, there's cafes and restaurants, there's watching movies together. And I want to remind you when it comes to friendship, remember that friends were once strangers, you know, so this applies to neighbors and people you meet in your day-to-day interactions. The next area of life is a tree of learning. So where and how do you apply your social skills? Well, sign up to classes of interest, whether it's uh, cooking classes or food tours or sports, especially group sports like F45 or or soccer or touch football. It can apply to music, uh, whether you play music or visit concerts, whether it's, you know, coffee, wine or chocolate tasting. So wherever you find learning opportunities where you want to learn more about something, that's where you will find opportunities for socializing and for communicating and expression and making more and more connections. The next area of life is a tree of wealth. Now, I attend lots of information sessions on investing in shares, real estate and crypto. And I apply my social skills in those situations. Lastly, when it comes to the tree of charity, you know, volunteering for a charity, that's where you can apply the art of socializing and expression and communication. As I said up front, this is an essential life hack for your mental, physical and emotional well-being. And physical distance these days in the eight areas of life is really not an obstacle. It's not an impediment. You can use Skype or FaceTime or Zoom to catch up with family and friends. A lot of the courses that you can attend online, you're seeing people, you're interacting with people. You know, you become their friends on Instagram or Facebook or other social media. But the qualification is this. Use social media to connect, but don't get lost in it. Social media is good to make that initial connection but not for continuous or continual engagement now a lot of um, social restrictions have been lifted uh, all over the world so we need to organize the face-to-face because ultimately these activities that provide cognitive engagement or physical exercise you know i mentioned f45 previously you know you, you can't do that online <laughs> you need to be in a room with others it's all about team training giving each other a high five so it's a great idea to choose social activities that also have a physical and cognitive element to it and remember that you need to choose to indulge in activities that is enjoyable to you because whenever I mention this particular life hack people think the objective is just to make friends no it's also to have fun And you need to do stuff that you're going to enjoy because what gets rewarded gets repeated. And when I talk about rewarded, I'm talking about an emotional reward, meaning that, hey, I had fun. So don't do something you don't enjoy just to make friends because you will not persist with it. And if you're not having fun doing it, then chances are your energy is not going to be up there. You're not going to be as enthusiastic and people are going to find you, well, yeah, rather (laughs) dull or disengaged rather so it'll make it more difficult for you to find friends and to build that social connection with people okay so that now leads me to how to socialize and the practical tips let's kick it off 
Now, there are 12 tips I'm going to go through with you. Now, number one tip is don't get stuck with small talk. And this is my pet hate. (laughs) I'm incapable of small talk. But I realized over time, this was before I understood that it's not as useless as I had thought. Small talk does have a purpose, but it needs to be a warm-up that makes people comfortable around you. It signals that you're friendly because you can't start off, you know, straight away with, hey, what's the purpose of your life? I mean, it's just too deep. People need to get to know you. So now later I'm going to talk to you about how to switch from shallow small talk into interesting conversation where you'll start actually bonding with someone. But remember that during small talk, everyone seems shallow. It's only when you've asked about someone's interests that you'll know if you have something in common. So before writing someone off because they're just indulging in small talk, make it a mission to discover what they're actually interested in. And no matter if they're extroverts or introverts, you will find that if you hit the nail on the head with what a person's actually interested in, you'll be surprised at how they will come alive and totally draw you into their world. And that is where the magic of social interaction occurs, that to and from that I'll talk about a little later. But let's go into the second tip. And it's related to what I just said. Number two is to figure out what people are passionate about. Now, people will see you as interesting if they think talking to you is interesting. So think less about what you can say to sound interesting and more about how you can make the conversation interesting for both of you. In other words, gravitate towards passions and interests. And that's why I shared with you earlier the eight areas of life where you need to find those common passions and interests. So this is how to do it in practice in this order. Number one is ask them what they like the most about their job. This is something that I I do regularly. And if they don't seem to like their job, ask them what they like doing when they don't work. And thirdly, if they mention something in passing that seems to be interesting to them, ask more about that. So you can say something like, you mentioned something about a music festival. What festival was that again? Now, you'll often get short replies to your first question about what do you like most about their job, but that's normal. It's really the stepping stone to the second question and the third question. Okay, the third tip is to ask follow-up questions. Now, this really tells people that you are actually interested in what they have to say. So people most often only reply shortly, as I said, to your first question because they don't know if you're just asking to be polite to show that you want to talk about something ask a follow-up question things like what do you do more specifically or how does surfing actually you know work how do you go faster on a wave another question how often do you go to concerts now this shows that you're sincere and people then dare to go deeper into talking about what they are passionate about because of those follow-up questions But it's not only about asking questions, which leads me to my fourth tip. You need to also share about yourself. Now, I used to make the mistake of only asking questions. 
you know, after all, I'm a lawyer, right? So we're good at asking questions. And that made me come off as a bit of an interrogator. People who then became friends often would tell me, hey, I felt like I was going for a job interview. So you need to uh, avoid falling into that trap. So you need to also share little bites of information about yourself. It shows that you're a real person. And it's uncomfortable for strangers to open up about themselves if they know nothing about you. Now, it's not true that people only want to talk about themselves. I promise you, the art of socializing, it's a back and forth conversation. It's like playing tennis that makes people bond. So here are some examples, right, uh, of sharing a little bit about yourself. So say in a conversation about work, you, you can say something like, Oh, yeah, I used to work as a waiter in restaurants when I was going through law school. And, you know, it was exhausting and it was really tough, but, you know, I'm so happy I did it because I learned a lot about connecting with people. Say in a conversation about surfing, you can say something like, I love the ocean. I live close to the water, but I never really learned to surf because the waves scared me. That is another example of sharing a little bit about yourself and showing a, a little bit of vulnerability and humanity. Another example, uh, and I'm using examples for my real life here, is saying in a conversation about music, I love music. I might say, I listen to a lot of R&B music uh, and I want to go to this concert in Byron called Splendor in the Grass. Have you heard of it? That is another example of sharing a little bit about yourself. Now, if you don't come up with something to relate to, it's fine. Don't put pressure on yourself. Just make it a habit to share something every once in a while so they gradually get to know you better. Then, after you've made your statement, you can ask them a related question or they might ask you something about what you said. And that's how that to and from starts. That's how that tennis match of conversation happens. Now let's look at tip number five. And th this is one that my uh, kids who are now adults <laughs> used to hate when I did it, but I, I love doing it. And that is talk to strangers and indulge in short, sharp interactions. And I used to do this because it will just a really fearless way to practice your <laughs> social skills. So make small interactions as soon as you have the chance. Now, this over time, I promise you, will make talking to people less scary. I know this because I was an extremely shy, introverted kid. And when I tell people this, they get shocked. And they say, really? I can't imagine you being introverted. You look so comfortable on stage, you know, talking to hundreds of people. But it's because I've infused this life hack into my life as i said on numerous occasions i don't share anything with you that i haven't tried and tested on myself so say hi to the bus driver ask the, the cashier how he or she is going ask the waiter what he or she would recommend now in psychology they call this habituation the more we do something the less scary it gets so if you're shy introverted or have social anxiety this is extra important tip for you as socializing might not come naturally to you so you know you need to put yourself in situations where you meet people and and as, as i said earlier retail hotel 
extracurricular activity, interests, groups, volunteering, all those are, are ways where you can just say, you know what, I don't care if I make a fool of myself or fail or appear stupid because this is really a practice run, right? And I don't mean that with disrespect to the people you're interacting with. And this will become apparent when I share with you the next few tips. So if you get the chance to practice socializing many times per day, you'll be making progress faster than if you only have occasional interactions. And that's why I've put that in there as a tip, as an important tip, because you'll absorb all these tips and say, well, when's my opportunity to practice them? Here's your opportunity. Talk to strangers. Okay, my next tip is, and this is important, you need to have an approachable body language. When we get nervous, it's easy to tense up. It makes us break eye contact and tense our facial muscles. And look, I've, I've felt this. <laughs> I've experienced this. And it's taken you know, many years of meditation and self-awareness to know when I'm doing it. So people won't understand that you're nervous. They just might think that you just don't want to talk to them. That's how you'll come across when you have a tense looking face. So practice keeping a little more eye contact than you're used to. And I do that on random encounters, such as when ordering coffee you know, at the cashier or what have you. The other thing is to smile when you greet people. Now, I did a whole podcast on this, and I called it the first most essential habit. And I shared five habits and five separate episodes. And out of hundreds of habits, I chose this to be the first for very good reason. And if you want to be convinced of that reason, go back and listen to that podcast episode. I think it was episode 105. But Pete, my producer, will put the link in the description to that particular episode. Now, I want to qualify this particular sub-tip by saying you don't need to smile all the time. You don't want to have that creepy Mr. Bean look, right? Because it can also come off as being nervous. Uh, so you need to smile whenever you shake someone's hand or when someone says something funny. And that's why it's the greeting. It's the first impression that you need to smile. And that's why it's coupled with eye contact. It's part of having an approachable body language, which is an essential tip to infusing this life hack. Okay, next tip number seven. I don't want you to overthink if you look silly or dumb. For example, does the following statement sound familiar to you? And this is one that someone wrote to me recently, and they said this, I have the tendency to overthink everything. Therefore, I usually don't say anything at all in fear that it may come out sounding stupid. I'm jealous of the people who can talk about anything to anyone. I wish I was more like that. Okay, but let's say that someone really does think that you said something stupid. Isn't that okay? Isn't it completely fine that someone at some point thinks you're a real idiot? Seriously, I've been an idiot many times in my life. It hasn't stopped me. Our life, and I want you to listen to this, okay? Very important because I remind myself of this all the time. Our life is not a script from a movie and we are not actors. We are going to say stupid things. It's our life's blooper reel. So... The goal of life isn't to make everyone think that you're perfect and normal. It's not. People are not going to connect with that. And if you are trying to be always perfect and normal, 
One is you're not going to say much at all because you're too stuck in your head. Or two, people are going to think you're robotic. And on that point, I watched a documentary recently simply called Tiger, and it's about the life of Tiger Woods. And it was a cautionary tale. And yes, you know, it was a great documentary. But the one thing that I took out of it was this. At first, people loved him. And then they turned on him when they realized he wasn't being real. He wasn't being human. He was always wanting to be having a perfect face for the public. And then lastly, they turned from disliking him to liking him and loving him, which is where they started, but even more so now, because he exposed his vulnerability. He exposed his humanity. He exposed his, his faults, his, the idiot decisions he made, the dumb decisions he made. And, you know, for me, that is a lesson for all of us, not to overthink and worry about looking silly or, or sounding dumb. And it's important that we overcome that. You know, I touched on that earlier as an obstacle, but I wanted to put it in as a tip because it is something you need to reinforce to yourself, especially if you're an introvert. Okay, let's look at the next eighth tip. And that is, if you worry that people will judge you, it could be that it's really you who judge yourself. Now, we who are more self-conscious often worry excessively about sounding dumb or weird. But after studying behavioral science, I learned that this is often a symptom of low self-esteem or social anxiety, and you need to really own up to yourself and acknowledge that symptom. And what's the best way to stop judging ourselves? And that is to talk to ourselves like we would talk to a good friend. Now, scientists and a lot of people on social media call this self-compassion. But really practically speaking, it's this. When you feel judged by people, pay attention to how you are talking to yourself. And you know, as Dr. Guy Winch says, we often, whenever we experience a small rejection or failure, if someone slightly gives brushes us or gives us a cold shoulder, you know, we take the proverbial knife out and we cut even deeper to that wound and we start dumping on ourselves. And the reality is, if a friend approached us and shared with us that vulnerability, we would not talk to them like that. We would not dump on them we would replace their negative self-talk with more supportive self-talk. So instead of thinking things like, uh, I made a joke and no one laughed, there's seriously something wrong with me, you can replace that with something like, uh, well, most people make jokes that no one laughs at. It's just that I pay more attention to my own jokes. And I can remember several times where people have laughed at my jokes. So there's probably nothing wrong with me, right? So that's one example. There's numerous examples that I could go into. Now, in a study, scientists saw that people with social anxiety are obsessive about not making mistakes uh, in front of others. So as I said earlier, we believe that we need to be perfect in order for people to like us and flawless in order for people not to laugh at us. But in reality, making mistakes makes us human and relatable. So ask yourself, have you ever disliked someone for making a small social mistake? Personally, I only think it makes someone more likable. I've actually gone up to someone that 
I could tell felt bad about themselves because they made a mistake or they thought that they, you know, came across as sounding silly. And I talked to them. Small mistakes can make you likable. Saying the wrong name, forgetting a word or making a joke that no one laughs at only makes you relatable, as I said, because everyone's been through the same thing. I've been through the same thing. You're listening to this right now and I bet that you've you know, experienced the same thing. So remind yourself, the goal isn't to be flawless. It's okay to make mistakes. And so talk to yourself whenever you get into that headspace of judging yourself. Talk to yourself like you would talk to a friend. Okay, the ninth tip, and this is one I tell a lot of single people who are trying to impress a person at the bar, and that is don't brag about yourself. Telling people cool things you've done doesn't necessarily make you interesting. Those who try to come off as interesting by doing that often come off as self-absorbed instead. You know, truly interesting people are those who are able to hold interesting conversations. In other words, they're able to talk about topics that interest people rather than bragging about yourself. Once people get to know you, they're going to get to know your accomplishments over time. And it's better that someone peels a layer by layer to discover more and more hidden gems about you over time rather than just blurting out everything that you've done in your life and that you're good at. People don't want that. People like intrigue. People like mystery. And, you know, that's why a lot of celebrities and musicians don't give a lot of interviews early on in their career because they want to create that mystery around uh, themselves. And you should do the same. And bragging absolutely destroys that element of interest that we all hold in another human being. Okay, tip number 10. Know that people are self-conscious, nervous, anxious, and tend to take things personally out of insecurity. One of the biggest realizations for me is that beneath the calm surface, people are essentially nervous, anxious, and full of self-doubt. And research shows that one in 10 people have had social anxiety at some point in life. Five out of 10 see themselves as shy. Five out of 10 don't like the way they look. Let that sink in. The next time you enter a room full of people, remind yourself that beneath the calm surface, we are all the same. We are full of insecurities. And simply knowing that people are more nervous than they look can be helpful for you to feel more comfortable. Okay, tip number 11. Practice a few conversation starters. And heck, there could be so many examples here, but it's often the icebreaker, really, that you need in a social setting. And it's, it's, it's good to practice that. It's not actually contrived. You're not, you know, you're not acting. It's, uh, but the, the key is to have a number of these conversation starters, knowing what to pull off the shelf in a given situation. That is a skill that is honed over time. And that's why one of the tips in these 12 is practicing on strangers. Because the more you practice, the better you will be at this. Like I talked about earlier, small talk questions shouldn't be clever. You just need to say something to signal that you're friendly or up for socializing with these conversation starters. So, you know, an example could be, hi, nice meeting you. I'm, I'm Sam. How do you know people here? 
Where are you from? What brings you here? You know, what made you choose to study this subject or what made you choose to work here? What do you like most about, etc.? And it's usually something you've talked about or have come into the conversation on. Like I said, small talk is about gravitating toward interests and passions. And also in between your questions, you share bits and pieces about yourself without bragging. Okay, so how do you start a conversation with one-on-one? Now, here's how I start talking with a stranger. So I could comment on something in the surroundings, like if I'm at dinner, it could be something like, that salmon looks really good. Do you recommend ordering it? Now, this is, as I said, when, I, when my kids were younger, they absolutely cringed when I would <laughs> indulge in these conversation starters with people. But, you know, hey, it makes you more social. And uh, some people like that. Another example is I could ask a slightly personal question. So at a party, it could be something like, how do you know people here? Or what do you do? Or where are you from? I also ask questions that gravitate toward interests. So, you know, what made you go into law? Or what made you go into surfing? Or, you know, what made you uh, start up jogging? Now, I'm also going to share with you this skill when it comes to approaching a group of strangers. So often at social events, you know, everyone stands in groups, right? So if you walk up to, say, two or three strangers, and I've done this often at conferences, legal profession, like a lot of other professions or industries, you go to conferences. And often strangers, often there'll be groups of two to three, maximum usually five. But they usually acknowledge you after about 10 to 20 seconds by looking at you or giving you a smile. When they do, smile back, present yourself and ask a question. So I usually prepare a question that fits the situation. So I can say something like, hi, I'm Sam. How do you guys know each other? Now, with this, here are some rules. Whenever you approach a group conversation, don't crash the party. You need to just listen in. The other thing is it's not weird to walk up to a group even if you stand there quietly for a minute. As long as you look like you listen, pay attention and you'll start noticing that everyone does it all the time. If people ignore you first, it's not because they don't like you, okay? It's because they're caught up in the conversation. You probably do the same without knowing if you're really into a conversation. So it's easy to tense up and forget to smile, That can make you look hostile sometimes. So if you have a tendency to frown when you get nervous, consciously reset and relax your facial expression. And as I said, listen like you are interested. Okay, my last tip, and this is an important one, especially for the introverts and for the extroverts that go through periods where they're just, you know, feeling anxious and maybe down on energy. And it is... What do you do if you want to socialize and know you should socialize, but part of you just wants to avoid people? I've often felt torn between wanting to meet people and also just wanting to be myself. So I have three sub-tips here for you. Number one, if you spend lots of time alone, ease into it. Read at a cafe. Sit in the park. Number two, socialize based on your interests. And this is an essential sub-tip. 
join a group that does something you're into. It's easier to socialize with people who like to talk about the same things you do. And lastly, don't put the pressure on yourself that you need to turn people into friends. Just focus on that practicing that back and forth conversation. Have no expectations. If you go in with the expectations, I'm going to turn this person into a friend, you are going to become fearful and appear desperate sometimes and you're going to be seen as insincere and not relatable. And I just wanted to call that out because we've all been there and we've all experienced that. So just to recap, in this podcast, I've talked to you about the benefits of this life hack and I don't want you to underestimate the benefits of crafting a beautiful social life where you have many interactions with people on a day-to-day basis. It was Barbara Streisand that said, you know, people who need people are the luckiest people in the world. And ultimately, whether you're an introvert or you're an extrovert, we all need people, whether you like to admit it or not, because it is just hardwired into you know, our, our psyche. It screams, uh, you know, the cells of our body uh, scream for social interaction. We want to be liked, we want to be loved, and in turn, we want to like others and love others. Okay, so I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of A Higher Branch. I can't wait to share with you next week's episode, which is the sixth life hack and our final episode in this series. Okay, thank you again for listening. As as always, live consciously, my friends. <laughs>